The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, week four is in the books. It was a jam-packed weekend in the SEC and across the nation. We had some fantastic matchups in the conference. We had some big upsets across the country, and we are here to break it all down. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler, and Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 Also, head on over to puntandpass.com. It's where you can look at our picks, which, once again, I did really well. Aaron, I went 4-1 against the spread. Once again, you went 3-2. and two. We're dummies for picking that Texas game and adding that one in there. But it's got a blog. It's got our merchandise. It's everything you need for college football, puntandpass.com. Go check it out. Aaron Murray, my man, you and I broke down that Auburn-Georgia game. We talked about it a lot. Uh, a lot of people expected it to be a lot closer. Georgia looked great. What were your biggest takeaways from this weekend? Well, th- this is what I've been saying. For Georgia football to win this year, what do they need to do? They need to run the football and play great defense. And, th- and that's what happened this this past weekend in that football game. They ran the ball really well. They offensive line. Uh, it was really surprising. I know Auburn lost a lot last year. They lost some big guys up front on that defensive line. But still, they pushed them around. Uh, like it was a very average defense yeah. at best. I mean, they they literally manhandled them. You knew what was going to happen. You knew Georgia was going to run the football, and they just kept pounding it and pounding it. I mean, literally, Herbstreit kept saying it right into the teeth of that defense with no issue at all. So I was really surprised, especially when you go back and watch last week's game versus Arkansas. Georgia couldn't run it. They looked weak up front. They, yeah. they really did. And all of a sudden, you, like I said last week, you know, if you can't run the ball against Arkansas, how the hell are you going to run the ball versus Auburn? Well, they did. I'm I'm sure Kirby was in their ass all week long, making sure they were ready to go. And uh, they showed up. So this is this is the team that I think uh, that Georgia is. They they are a team that's going to win games by playing great defense, running the football. Is it going to be sexy? No. And and I'm going to say it over and over again. They're not going to score 40 or 50 points. Yeah, that's not this team. But I tell you what, winning 27 to six, that's pretty freaking awesome against an SEC team rivalry game week two of the season. Yep. I will take that any day of the week. So a huge win uh, for the dogs last night. Yeah, no question. Manhandling a top 10 team. Auburn, of course, was ranked number seven. Georgia was ranked number four. They have moved up to number three in both the, both the coaches and the AP top 25. Stetson Bennett, 17 to 28 for 240 yards and a touchdown. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But you just mentioned, Aaron, 
look, what did we see a week ago? Everybody's sitting there scratching their heads going, oh, my God, we got stuffed by Arkansas. We had a horrible first half. Well, Arkansas turns around and Sam Pittman turns around and gets a huge victory. Arkansas's first win in the SEC in 20 games, and they take down the Week 1 national champions, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And everybody obviously was extremely high on Mike Leach and K.J. Costello after they knocked off LSU uh, in a very, very convincing fashion. But great for Sam Pittman. Awesome for your boy Felipe Franks. And you know what? When you look at that coaching staff, Aaron, Kendall Bryles is the offensive coordinator and Barry Odom is the defensive coordinator. I mean, those are great coaches who know how to put their players in great positions. And Arkansas may not be as bad as we thought they were. Yeah, listen, I, I went back and I watched the game this morning and, and Drew and I were taping this thing on Sunday. And I went, I went back and watched the coaches copy to really see what was going on and what was Arkansas, Arkansas doing on the defense side of the football and it was uh, it, it was literally the same thing over and over yes. again. They rushed. I, I kept a stat. They rushed more than three defenders only three times that game. So ninety seven percent of the game, they only brought three guys. They had eight guys in coverage, and all they did was rotate between cover three, two Tampa, and cover four. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, if KJ Costello would have just taken his check down every time in that football game, he would have completed the ball. I'm not kidding. Probably 70 times that game. He would have had 70 freaking completions <laughs> if he would have just taken a five-yard completion. But that's all that, That's all Barry Odom was saying. He's like, hey, listen, we're going to play eight guys in coverage. Yep. We're going to have all eyes on the backfield in case you want to run a draw. And we're going to say, listen, if you want to take a dig and dunk, we don't think you're going to do that. And, and K.J. Costello, every interception he had was a force ball. On the shallow cross, he tried to force it, and him and the receiver screwed up. The one he was running out to his right tried to force the interception. He could have just taken dinks and dunks, and it would have been a 28-35 to 21 game. Mississippi State would have won it. But he got greedy. I wouldn't even say yeah, – I saw your tweet. I don't think it was Mike Leach being greedy. It was K.J. Costello being Well, greedy. impatient. I think impatient, and they drive well, themselves no. crazy. But it wasn't Leach because if you go back and watch the film, guys were open. Yeah. It's just K.J. Costello was trying to make throws down the field. I mean, Mike Leach called the plays. There are checkdowns available. Yep. And KJ just said, no, I'm sick of tired of throwing it to the back. I'm sick of tired of throwing to these shallow routes. I want to throw the ball down the field. And uh, he tried to do that and got himself in a ton of trouble throughout that ball game. So, you know, at the end of the day, great win for Arkansas. Big win. Haven't won an SEC game in forever. Yeah, 20 games. They've won. won. And then uh, our boy Felipe Franks, no interceptions. (laughs) I know. If he doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to be in good good position for sure. Yeah, he played well. The offensive line, um, you know, did a great job of of holding up and protecting him. So big win. But it's going to be interesting to see what teams do now against this iterate team. Is, Is this the formula? Rush three, drop eight. And just make them uh, beat you with with checkdowns. Very interesting. I talked to a buddy of mine who's a coach in the NFL last night, and he said exactly that before you tweeted it. He goes, "We have a coach here who used to be in the Pac-12. He said all they would do is run cover three and two Tampa. That was it the entire game because mm-hmm. you've always talked about it. Leach and company bring like six, eight plays to the game, and they just rotate them out. The defensive coordinators are smart enough to say." You're going to see this the entire game. Do with it what you will. And Arkansas beats Mississippi State 21-14. to 14. Keep in mind, 
Mississippi State scored 44 points just a week ago against LSU. And K.J. Costello, 43 of 59, only 313 yards and one touchdown. How about the big upsets yesterday? Oklahoma losing two weeks in a row. They are now out of the top 25, Aaron. Iowa State beats them in Ames. 37 to 30 Spencer Rattler 25 at 36 300 yards and two touchdowns look I love to get chirpy on Twitter on Saturdays it's fun mix it up enjoy it yeah I I, I just enjoy mixing it up on Twitter am I taking it seriously no but Stuart Mandel come on dude week one he was saying there's a new quarterback at Oklahoma we're all gonna be dazzled by I mean this guy's careless with the football Aaron he is not Kyler Murray he is not Baker Mayfield. I can't remember the last time Oklahoma lost two games in a row. No, that's that's another one. I mean, it's crazy stuff happening this weekend. Oklahoma loses, Texas loses, UCF loses, Arkansas wins an SEC game. I mean, the world is coming to an end. It is just absolute pandemonium in college football. It's entertaining stuff, though. I tell you what, it is very entertaining. But listen, this is actually the first time Oklahoma is playing a freshman quarterback. I mean, they've been Uh playing guys who have plenty of experience and guys who have been in college for four or five years. So yeah, this is this is rookie mistakes that Oklahoma fans just aren't used to seeing because they keep getting grad transfers that are said are, are well groomed and ready to take that next step in their careers to being Heisman finalists, winners, and first round draft picks. So um, yeah, there's going to be growing pains. I'm not saying this kid's bad by any means. He's just young, inexperienced, without spring ball, um, and it's 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 going to be tough sledding. And he lost CD Lamb. He does have CD yeah. Lamb. The Big you know, that, Twelve, a big a, the Big Twelve is officially on notice as far as maybe playing themselves out of the college football playoff through Week Four. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. You know, everybody had a lot of high hopes this weekend. Oklahoma is taking on Texas in the Red River Shootout. I mean, all the luster and the lore around that game has been sucked out of that rivalry, especially in 2020. Um, and then that Texas game, look, you and I picked Texas both minus 12 against TCU. Um, I did not know how much success Gary Patterson has had against Tom Herman. That's on me. My flip the field free pick, though, Aaron, was Texas TCU over 63. Did you see how this game went over? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was sitting at 62. Um, there was no time left, and TCU was on their own 20-yard line and took a slow safety. So it was shotgun to the quarterback. The quarterback grabbed it, ran out of the back of the end zone to take You're the game right. over. Living right, right. right, and Aaron's lock of the week was over Alabama, Texas A&M, and you picked over 51.5. Alabama did that on their own. They scored 52, and they beat Texas A&M 52-24. to Talk about that. I mean, Alabama is very damn Good. I said this at the beginning of the season. For whatever reason, I did not feel that Alabama was getting the respect that they usually do, which is everybody fawning over them, which is everybody saying this could be the greatest team in the history of college football. Why did Mac Jones get so many question marks? Was it because of the shadow of Tua Tungabailoa? I think he's very good. Um, Jalen Waddle is insanely good. And they've got so much talent. Najee Harris, they, they smoked Texas A&M. And Aggieland, fans in Aggieland have to be pretty frustrated because it does not look like they're getting over that hump anytime soon. No, and, and they're paying their head coach, Jimbo, a boatload of money. I mean, this was this was embarrassing. I said last week that, you know, that, that Alabama will be playing their backup quarterback, Bryce Young, in this game, and that's just going to be a slap in the face yeah. to A&M. Well, Bryce Young didn't play, but Haynes King, the backup quarterback for AM, played because of you know just how bad they were getting beat there. 
in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's a terrible look. It's year three. You know, you got a veteran. You have the most veteran quarterback in the SEC. You got a coach who's won a national championship at Florida State. A coach you're paying seventy-five million dollars over seven years. It's year three. This is the year to make a big move in the SEC, especially with how down the SEC West is right now. And they just get absolutely blasted by Alabama. But yes, this is an Alabama team that is on a different level. I mean, Mac Jones, the, the throws that he was making, the he accuracy down the, the basket, football field. Man. It's, it's, it's unbelievable yeah. to watch him throw. I mean, he is really – him and Kyle Trask right now are a lot of fun to, to watch because it's not just the arm strength. I mean, these guys don't have the biggest arms in the world. It's just they throw the ball with great anticipation. It's on time. And just the location of these footballs is absolutely perfect to, Very to catch it and just move on with it. So um, it's 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 a dangerous team, man. And, and, and I really don't think they've even – Really started running the ball as well as I think they can. I mean, this is a great offensive line. They got some great running backs, and they're just relying right now on Mac Jones and those receivers. But once that running game gets going, this team, in my mind, is just they're unstoppable. All right. How about Ole Miss knocking off Kentucky? You and I both picked this one. We liked Ole Miss plus the six and a half. I think Kentucky, and I said at the beginning of the season, I just thought they were wildly overrated. I really did. And they're 0-2 now. Not a great start. I think this played into the overreaction of Auburn's Week 1 performance to set them up maybe uh, disadvantaged against Georgia. This is what I tweeted. I said, Kentucky had crazy hype going into the season, and they were 0-2. That is typical Kentucky football behavior. If you raise the bar on Kentucky football, they will not jump over it. They will come up short every single time. Auburn got too much credit for beating Kentucky last week. And then I said this, and this could offend some people, but I think Kentucky football is like Georgia basketball. All right? Everybody thinks that they're going to make that jump. Everybody gets excited when they can maybe take a toe-to-toe with Auburn or fight for an SEC East championship two seasons ago, but then when you go against the Blue Bloods or when it's time to really make a statement, you come up short. Maybe Kentucky makes that jump in the future. I doubt it. Hopefully Georgia basketball does it under Coach Tom Green. But that, to me, was disappointing. Lane Kiffin in Oxford, though, that's a great start for him. Um, you got to be pretty pleased if you're a Rebels fan, huh, Aaron? I would be. I mean, that was a great football game. Yeah. I, I, I thought both these teams – see, I'm a little bit more high on Kentucky than you are. Um, I, th- I still think this is a good football team. Right? They're not elite by any means, but I thought they were a good middle-of-the-pack SEC football team. I think Ole Miss showed me a lot in their Week 1 matchup. So I was like, this is going to be a, a good game against two very evenly matched teams, and it proved that. I mean, they go in the overtime and win – uh, the football game, but you know, Matt Crowell just continues to impress 24, 29, four touchdowns. Yep. I mean, I, I, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Plumley was going to be the guy based on the way he played last year. And, and in Lane Kiffin right now, he made the right decision. I mean, Plumley had a great game or excuse me, Crowell had a great game week one versus Florida. He came out and balled out once again this week. So he made the right decision. Um, Rice Plumley's finding ways into the game. I'm sure his role is going to continue to get bigger and bigger, but I mean, great game all around. I mean, Kentucky's running the ball really well, 408 yards on the ground. It's good to see Terry Wilson healthy mm-hmm. running it. I still, like I said, I think at the end of the day, this is a Kentucky team that is going to upset someone this year because of the way they okay. can run the football. It, it's just tough to stop them. Um, their defense has to play better. There's no question about it. But Kentucky is going to up some upset someone this year because they're going to eat up the clock. They're not going to turn the football over. Um, and like I said, they're just going to dominate the line of scrimmage on the offensive side. So just don't sleep on them just yet. 
they're playing good ball early in the season. They just got to figure out a way to win some of these games. Yeah, they got to figure it out. And, uh, maybe and they got to figure out a way to score on the goal line. That's his back-to-back yes. weeks for Kentucky. I mean, go back to the Auburn game. They should have been winning at halftime. They get screwed over a touchdown yep. by the refs. And then this week, oh boy, who is it? Rose decides to start celebrating 10 yards out. What with the, the, the hell sign. was that? Two guys are, get, he gets tackled. Yes. And then, you know, what? a couple plays later, he thinks he's in the end zone, puts the ball in the air, gets stripped, knocked out. <laughs> And it's a turnover. And you're just like, man, this dude just cost them touchdowns, two plays out of four. So um, they got to learn how to score in the red zone like that. And, you know, that, that could have been a different game from there. So these are big momentum yes. plays that Kentucky keeps shooting themselves in the foot uh, for the second straight week. No doubt. You have to get the ball across the goal line if you want to score points. Yes. It's about as simple as that. Um, it's cool to showboat. It's fun to to have fun. Get the ball across the goal line in order to put points on the board. And uh, if you want to get the ball across the goal line in life and put points on the board and maybe even points in your wallet, then you have to remember that this episode of Punt and Pass Podcast is brought to you by the Bowers Insurance Group. That's right. We've been talking about the Bowers Insurance Group because they are an independent insurance agency in Roswell, Georgia, that has been serving the Southeast since 1984. Their goal is to build a policy for your business or family that meets your coverage needs and your wallet's needs, too. They will get the ball across the goal line, there's no doubt. If you're interested in a quote, give Chris a call at 770 770- Four four two zero one zero one, or send him an email, Chris at bowersinsgrp.com. Tell them Punt and Pass sent you, and they will give you a $5 gas card. From taking classes on North Campus, marching with the Redcoats, and cheering on the dogs between the hedges, the Bowers Insurance Group has been there with you for over 30 years. They look forward to working with your business, your family, for many years to come, and national championships, hopefully. Dog's defense looks pretty good. Again, call Chris at 770-442-0101 or send him an email at chris at bowersinsgrp.com. Murray, we're going to touch on the dogs one more time. But before we get there, Georgia just jumped Florida in the top 25 rankings. Remember, these teams were ranked three and four to start the season. Florida jumped them after week one, probably deservedly so. And now Georgia's dominant performance against Auburn has put them back in front of Florida. So Georgia's three, Florida's four. But that Florida offense is legit. Uh, They scored 38 points against South Carolina yesterday. They won 38 to 24. Bit of a slow start. I don't even know if you'd call it a slow start, but the defense gives me reason to pause. It was really fun to see Bobo and Grantham going at it. Yeah, I mean, the... the... At the end of the day, if you can score 40-something points yeah. per game, I know they score, only scored 38, but this offense is built to, to just run, man. They, these guys got some thoroughbreds on the outside. Uh, I mean, it's tough when you got Kyle Pitts matched up against cornerbacks, getting back shoulder fades in the middle of the field. And then in the red zone, he's an absolute nightmare. Tony's a heck of an athlete. I mean, being able to split four dudes like that, I mean, that's 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 piss-poor tackling. But yeah. still, that's just great. That's a great play. I mean, I don't know if you saw – what he did to the guy defending him to get open. I mean, he shook the living crap out of him. Wide open, Kyle Trask bought some time, kind of fading to the left, threw a great ball. Uh, And then just, like, he does what I say he does all the time, and and, and he just gets the ball to his athletes in space and lets them go out there and do their thing. So this team is just full of a bunch of fast dudes and then the best tight end in, in all of college football, now one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football at the moment, and Kyle Trask. So, 
Uh, I'm not too, too worried about this defense. I think they're going to be fine on that side. Uh, someone just has to find a way to slow Kyle Pitts down. I mean, I just don't know what you do once again. I, South Carolina tried everything they could, safeties, linebackers, corners, and they got some big, lanky corners for South Carolina, and he was still going out there doing his thing. It's funny, our buddy Andrew Hall, at Dude You Crazy uh, on Twitter. He's a fantastic Twitter follow. He said, geez, Florida out here making Colin Hill look like Kyle Trask. Could he surpass Trask as the greatest quarterback in college football history? And I had to tag my boy Aaron Murray. But look, when you have weapons like Trask does and a call, a play caller like Dan Mullen, they are going to scheme up getting their playmakers the ball in space. And that's what they do. The mismatch that Kyle Pitts presents to any defense is literally remarkable. I'll be really interested to see how Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning can scheme up containing him, maybe some bracket coverages, maybe trying to limit his effectiveness over the middle of the football field, Aaron, I would assume. But, um, you know, you just got to think that defense, you know, will they, will they will they shore it up in time? Because, like, you bring up a great point. If you score 40 points a game, you're going to have an awesome opportunity to win. I've been to mm-hmm. um, Danny Warfel's event down in Florida in Jacksonville for the Georgia-Florida weekend, and Coach Spurrier is always there. And Coach Spurrier is such an awesome guy. Like You sit in a room with him. He's so smart. He's so personal, and he's just funny as hell. And he gets up there, and he's on this panel, Aaron, and, and people raise their hands, ask questions like, Coach, you know, what's the key to winning a football game? And he's like, what? team that scores most points it's like that's all he thinks about put the most points on the board and he would say he goes look I would tell Danny if you throw the football in the end zone eight times our receivers are probably going to come down with it five times out of eight you know what I mean like he's like I'll take my chances we're going to chuck the ball down the field we're going to put points on the board and we dare you to try to keep up with this so I'll be interested to see if Dan Mullen kind of takes and runs with that Um, and then Florida of course has the dudes can they shore it up on the defensive side who knows? Great game, though. And they take on – who do they play this week, Aaron? Um, the Gators? Yeah. They got someone good. Yeah, I they believe. do. Oh, Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Texas A&M. So, yeah, you know, who knows? Could Texas A&M finally get something going on the offensive side of the ball against sort of that Swiss cheese defense, which Florida has? I don't know. I, I don't think that there's a lot of potential there. But um, we'll definitely see – what Vegas thinks about that game, we'll break it down later on this week. But let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Talk about the Georgia game one more time. Stet the Jet, the mailman, looking fantastic. Seth Emerson had a fantastic stat on his athletic article this morning. I would advise everybody to definitely read what Seth puts out. And here it was, Aaron. I don't know if you saw this. Talking about Stetson Bennett, talking about how maybe for now Georgia's quarterback controversy is over. He said how much of this has how much of the offensive success relies on Stetson Bennett. Seth writes, you can draw a line back to the tail end of the first half at Arkansas when Bennett went in with Georgia trailing 7 to 2. Since that moment, Georgia has outscored its two opponents 62 to 9 over 6 plus quarters. It's pretty damn good. You know, and I think like you and I talked about it on Thursday. Who's going to start? Who's going to start? You and I have both been in locker rooms. Like from a from a teammate perspective, from a cultural perspective in that locker room, you had to give Stetson the ball based off mm-hmm. how he played at Arkansas. Look, mess it up. We got guys who can go in. Stetson does not mess it up. You got to give him a ton of credit. The guys love playing for him. Um, and it was really cool to see him perform like that in such a big atmosphere, Aaron. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, first off, the the atmosphere there at Georgia was actually pretty darn good. Yeah, it was great I on TV. I, 
It looked it looked more packed than what they said. <laughs> it looked a little bit yeah. more than twenty percent, but uh, it, it was a great crowd there, and I'm sure they were excited to watch some football at night. Great weather, but yeah, Setson. I mean, he, he's he's efficient, man. He he knows what he's doing with the football. He's accurate. Uh, he's he's sneaky mobile, like getting out of the pocket, like that one third down he rolled to his left and threw the ball for the first. I mean, he he's, he can sneakily get outside. I think guys look at him and see this small little guy. And they're like, oh, you know, we can just run at him. He's not going to get around us. He's not that fast. And all of a sudden, boom, he gets outside the pocket and throws well on the run. So uh, I think he can he can do everything well. He's someone that just does, like I said, he does. He, he's accurate. He throws the ball on the run. He's going to check you into the right play, whether it's a run to run, run the pass, pass the run. He's going to make the guys around him better because he just works that hard about knowing his craft and then also knowing the defense and then knowing what everyone else on the offense has to do. So listen, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. If he can play like that mistake free, just be accurate. Doesn't have to, like I said last week, doesn't have to throw four or five touchdowns. He doesn't have to be Kyle Trask. He yeah. doesn't because Georgia has a way better defense. Than Florida. Yes. Georgia has the best defense in the sec. Do they have the best in the country? He, Do you think? He, they probably they bet they have the best defense in the country. Yeah, There's no doubt I, about I it. think so too. I think so. So too. you have the best defense in the country. Hopefully the offensive line continues to gel. Hopefully this running game continues to get better and better. You, all you need to do is throw one touchdown a week, flirt with 60 to 70% completion, Don't turn the ball and no interceptions, and Georgia's going to win a lot of ball games yeah. and have a chance to win You know, and be in the Final Four at the end of the year. Yeah, um, he reminds me of Mox from Varsity Blues. Simple as yeah. that. Jonathan Moxon, the book nerd who gets to step in because Lance Harbor goes down, and he is the savior. That's what Stet the Jet is. And I like the kid, and the team likes him as well. They're playing really hard for him, and it's fun to see. You know who else is just an absolute legend in Georgia football? Um, Quavo Huncho from Migos. Now, Aaron, let me just say something real quick, okay? Get I, off your chest, sir. It's fun. I get it. Like, he's a celebrity. It's really cool. Um, but I'm over it. I'm over it. You know, Quavo putting the spike pads on Mark Webb after the turnover last night. Enough. Quavo with the jersey, go dogs, in the equipment room. Enough. It's not about me. I just, it's enough, right? I mean, I don't need Quavo Huncho shoved down my throat every Saturday. I get it. He's from Gwinnett County. So am I. We all love Georgia. I get it. And let me tell you a little personal story here, okay? This is last year at the SEC Championship. Have I told you this story? Yes. Okay, so this is last year at the SEC Championship. That's right. I texted to you last night. I'm with my <laughs> great buddy, Tony Morelli. Shout out, Tony. He listens to the podcast. We're in the field suites. Humble brag. LSU is smoking Georgia, so we're having some fun. My buddy and I go get a drink or whatever, and we're in the hallway in the field suites. This is third quarter. I mean, like, nobody's even interested in the game at this point, and we see Quavo. So my buddy Tony's from Gwinnett County. We've had a couple of drinks. Tony's like, I want a picture with Quavo. I said, okay, give me the phone. Go ask him for a picture. I kid you not, we are the only three people in this hallway. There's nobody around. Tony walks up and says, hey, Quavo, I'm a huge fan. I'm from Gwinnett County. Can I get a quick picture? Quavo turned him down and said no. <laughs> it was us three. It was extremely embarrassing for my boy, Quavo. You look, go dogs. But um, I'm over it. I'm just over You're the— You're done. No moss. No more Quavo. Yeah, like let's, let's get future in there. Let's get 
Gucci man in there. Let's get somebody else. Let's, Let's rotate him in. Let's get the punt pass in there. Let's get punt and pass guys in there. Who, guys who've actually rocked the red and black. No doubt, dude. In, in, a, game, in a game. No doubt. And it upsets me because, like, Ugga couldn't be there last night. The SEC made the rule huh. that no live mascots are allowed at the game, which is crazy. Harry Dog is there. People are there. But the poor dog can't be there. He couldn't witness that ass whooping last night. That bothered me. That he's really did own, bother all, me. He, he's, he's isolated in his little you know doghouse, for goodness sakes. He is far away from everyone. Yeah. So let, the, let the little man enjoy some Georgia football. It, it's, it's a little disappointing. It is disappointing. And somebody tweeted at me last night, uh, Lynn Vietri, so at ASC Dog one Aaron, she said, I kid you not. There are people in the stands next to us that brought a poodle inside Sanford Stadium, and the poodle just peed on the cement in the 600 level at Sanford Stadium. So there were live dogs in Sanford Stadium last night, just not Ugga, which, of course, is unfortunate. But Georgia looks good. Aaron, I just saw they open up as a two-touchdown favorite against Tennessee next week. Tennessee, of course, is undefeated. They beat up on Missouri this last weekend. So Georgia's going to be laying 14, 3.30 CBS Mm -hmm. game. Great opportunity for the dogs to keep moving forward because you got a huge date against Alabama uh, after this week. So it'll be a great game. It's going to be a good game. I went back and watched Tennessee's game this morning. Um, And, man, their their offensive line, especially with the addition of Cade Mays, that's going to be a fun battle to watch because there was a bunch of times, and, and I put on Instagram, that Tennessee comes out in seven offensive linemen. They literally put seven big ass dudes there yeah. and just say, bring it on. We're going to pound the ball right down your throat. So we've seen how good Georgia's defense is. You know, I want to, this is going to be an old school sec physical football game. It really is. This is going to be two teams that want to run the football that want to establish the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be what defense can match up and stop the run. Yeah. And it's going to be the team to have success. So I'm excited, man, because right now Tennessee's coming in with a lot of energy. They yeah. won a lot of games in a row day back to last year. No doubt. Jeremy Pruitt feels like they got that team heading in the right direction. So uh, I don't want to, you know, it's only Sunday. I don't want to peak too soon. We'll break it down later in the week. But I'm excited to see this matchup on uh, on Saturday at 3.30. No doubt. Going to be a fantastic matchup. A lot of hype around these two teams. A fantastic SEC East battle. And like you said, 3.30 p.m. on CBS. I cannot believe how nice the weather was this weekend in the state of Georgia. It was fantastic. Um, Murray, I love you, my man. Anything on the way out? No. Uh, dude, the, the parents are closing in Cuscoilla this Oh, weekend, yeah, that's so. right. Sweet. Lake House inbound. Maybe get a little round. I got the, I got this weekend off too, so maybe a little round on Saturday morning. There you and go. Get get a couple drinks in, and then sit my butt at their new house and watch the three thirty game. So. And shout out to Papa Murray because that's retirement, right? He's retired. Retirement. Good. Retirement. Living, yeah. living the good life. So yeah, shout out to Mama much. and Papa Murray. Uh, congrats on the new digs out in Cuscoel. All right, it was a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Follow Aaron on social media at Aaron Murray Eleven. I'm at Drew Butler. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, and we will talk to you later on this week. See you.